Hello everyone and welcome to session four of Blessings and Brilliance, five weeks to life and career mastery for the professional Christian woman. I am so excited that we have this time together today. It's amazing to me that we've been through four sessions already. It's just flying by and I'm growing as we're going along and I hope you are too as you are taking small steps to become more confident in, uh, and just being your authentic self because that's what we're really focused on is is helping you shine brightly and uh, just being the woman that God created you to be. Let's begin with a prayer as always. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for these women, for the women that love you and they want to serve you. They want to shine brightly in the workplace and in their personal lives and in the community. And they are striving to make changes in their lives, to become more brilliant, to show their love for you, to be authentic, to be confident in who they are, and to not be afraid. Lord, I just thank you for working through me, for giving, for uh, for you giving me this material to share. And again, I ask that you just use me as your mouthpiece today to say what you want to these women. In your precious name, amen. So we have been through an lot of material over the past few weeks. We've been digging deep together. We've had a lot to cover and again it's just really important to make at least one small step every day to keep that um, progress going so you don't lose your momentum. Sometimes it may be overwhelming. Uh, you know it just seems like a lot but I hope that you have been able to, you know, focus on what's more important to you. What are your priorities? And, you know, start there, prioritize things and not think that you have to do it all at once because it does take time. When I'm working with women one-on-one, -on -one, we spent at least 90 days together. And really, I've never even had anybody leave after 90 days because it's so rich and it's so deep that it does take time for us to walk hand in hand through this process. I've had clients who've stayed with me for up to a year uh, just because it is, um, you know, the more work you have to do, the more guidance you need and the more support. So it is, uh, we've compressed this into a short amount of time and I'm just grateful that you've been with me and you're learning the golden nuggets from everything that I do so you can now take this and apply it to your life uh, to really try to, um, you know, make these changes and be aware. Awareness is key. And uh, you'll be, uh, you know, again, you'll be able to recognize when your rebel within starts battling against you and you'll have all these tools in your um, toolkit now that you can use to say, no, I am, you know, who I am and I love who I am. So we let's just review here for just a few minutes because, um, you know, I'd like to just settle back in and again bring this all into focus how everything we've done has been working together to get you to this point today. You began digging deep to unearth your unique gifts, your skills, your core values, and your deepest heart's desires. And that led to helping you discover your life purpose or God's calling for your life. And when you began to see that common thread that was running through with your verbs and your values and your gifts, to, to know when you were most passionate, to reflect back on when you were happiest, and then to use the vision statement as you looked forward for what you most wanted to do. And all those things are part of what God 
created within you before you were even born and it is your light it's your passion so it is uh, really a, you know when you when you really dig into that and, and it comes to light then it changes everything it really does at its purest level your life purpose is very simple my core down at its deepest core is to inspire joy but the current version of how I fulfill it is to inspire joy by awakening worth as I work with women to inspire and equip them to flourish from the inside out. Flourish has been my branding word, but it's really the word that I just, I love because it really um, is a picture of what I want to help you do and help other women do. So at your purest level, what have you discovered about yourself that really is what God wants you to do? We had a wonderful uh, discussion about confidence, how embracing your gifts and having confidence in your God-designed purpose gives you the freedom to be authentic. You can come out from behind that mask and you can just be you and not uh, feel like you always have to be more. It's, uh, you know, there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves as much as anything to be perfect, to, uh, you know, we're, we're afraid and there's so many things that we do to ourselves. And so just embracing who we are in Christ is just, you know, it's liberating. It really is. Um, you know, but that rebel within, you know, we discussed that last week uh, at length, and it's that inner critic, that's our humanness that gets in the way to stir things up. We are human. We are not perfect. We will never be perfect. So, you know, we, we have weaknesses, and our inner critic or our rebel tries to sabotage our dreams and our plans and the progress that we're making by throwing fear in our way, perfectionism and self-doubt. Uh, so now you have these tools at your disposal to combat that rebel. Identifying that, as we did last week, giving it a name and a, a real persona, um, it helps you be able to envision it and then to be able to tell it to go away. Your past is forgiven now and you can move forward and there is no reason that that rebel should be holding you back. But yes, again, we're all human. So it's, uh, you know, knowing your strength in Christ to allow you to move forward. When you see how the rebel is keeping you stuck, you can have those powerful positive thoughts over its lies and you can conquer its hold on you to use the scripture, to use the affirmations and just to use statements about yourself that you know to be true, that you know that God loves you no matter what. Uh, you know, letting, letting the rebel within take over says that we know better. We take over and we rob ourselves of the joy that lies ahead. We rob the world of our brilliance and we place our own insecurities above God's infinite power and grace. Allowing our fears and perfectionism to take hold denies the purpose that God created within each of us. It's like saying we know better, you know, we know better and, and uh, you know, we're better than uh, what God created, but we are not, are we? We are perfect just as we are. Let's uh, go to worksheet number one and just spend a few minutes reflecting on, uh, you know, what is, 
you know, what you've learned and how things are different today than, than they were when you started a few weeks ago. Can you dream bigger dreams now? Is it more clear? Are you getting some of that self-sabotage out of the way so that you do have greater self-confidence and in, in who you are and you know what God's plan is? You're beginning to understand what that is. Can you let go of fear and procrastination and perfectionism better now than you did when you started? So let's look at worksheet number one, and I'm going to give you a couple of minutes for this. The first question is, how does your future vision differ today than it did three weeks ago? How is God revealing his plan to you? So when you first set out that future vision, has it changed any as you've gone through uh, these exercises on fear and perfectionism and, and letting go of that uh, self-critic? And the second question is to complete this sentence, I believe God has called me to. And if you're not completely sure, you can say, I think God has called me to, if you're still trying to figure that one out. The third one is, what is one lie that you've heard from your rebel within that you have swatted over the past week? And the fourth one is list five new things about yourself that you're grateful for. So I had given you um, some, uh, you know, an assignment for every day to list things that you are grateful for about yourself. So here, reflect back on that and what are some new things that you may not have acknowledged before. So this is a good time just to reflect and celebrate on the progress that you've made. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to fill this out right now. So let's come back together. And if, uh, you know, if you haven't finished this, come back after this session is done and, and do complete this review because it's good to reflect on the progress that you're making so you can celebrate along the way and know that uh, you are growing as we are doing this work. When you are clear on who you are and where you're headed and you have the inner strength to stay true to your faith and core values, 
you know how to honor your calling and you can trust God as you step out of your comfort zone to stretch and to grow. As I said in one of the sessions, if you are not growing, you are not failing a little bit along the way. We all make mistakes, but we trust God along the way to know that he is in control and he's leading us. When we know our calling, then we can protect ourselves from that rebel within because we know what our strengths are and we know that we have the capability to carry things out as we have been created. We can protect ourselves from people and circumstances that hold us back, um, just like, you know, the, um, the pe we're going to talk today about drawing boundaries, but, you know, we've talked about the people in your life that don't believe in you and your vision and, you know, the, the learning how to say no. We're going to talk about that in depth today. And you're going to, you know, again, you can take control of what you can control. You know now that you are only in control of you and not other people. So you can choose gratitude over pessimism, as you did in the past week, to be grateful about yourself rather than beating yourself up all the time. You can make better choices, um, you know, uh, just trying to please God, not trying to uh, uh, please other people. And you can reframe your thoughts when you start having negative thoughts running through your mind. You can reframe them into something positive and affirming rather than allowing those to lead you into a dark place. You know, the parable of the talents from Matthew 25 is a great picture of what happens when we take what God has given us and use it to our full potential. And I'd like to read that to you now from the message, which is a more contemporary uh, translation of this story. And again, this is just a great picture of, of what God wants us to do with what he has given us. So this is the story about investment, is what it says. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000, to another 2000 to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most, and get rid of this play-it-safe 
who won't go out on a limb attitude. Throw him into utter darkness. So what a great picture of people who don't do anything with their gifts. <laughs> it is, um, you know, one servant uh, took his, well, two servants took their gifts and multiplied them. They doubled them through hard work and honoring their master. They knew that uh, they had been given much and they wanted to return much. But one of the servants let his fears get the best of him. Instead of confronting his fears and at least trying, he buried his talents and did not receive a reward. So just think about that, how he was cast into darkness because he was afraid to even take a little bit of a risk. And he buried his talents and did not let them shine. He just sat on them. There's a wonderful book titled Boundaries, and I'm going to you know, use a lot of this book today. Uh, but the book Boundaries says that not confronting our fear denies the grace of God and insults both, both his giving of the gift and his grace to sustain us as we are learning. So it really is an insult to God that he's given these things to us and we aren't using them. So how, how wonderful that you are digging deep and you are learning who you are and what your gifts are so you can honor him by using them. We are to be wise stewards of what God gives us and use them to serve other people as we serve him. Proverbs thirteen nineteen says, A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Hmm, doesn't that sound great? It's like, oh, it's just, it feels comfortable. It feels warm. It feels good. A desire accomplished. To live fully on the journey that God has prepared, we must protect ourselves from people and circumstances that distract us from our purpose. We have our inner critic already that we've, you know, we've, um, identified the rebel within and now there you know we, we're going to talk about the external forces the circumstances and the people that also want to derail us so we're going to talk about boundaries today in terms of a protective shield that keeps the good in and the bad out you might think of it as a fence around your home with a you know a high fence with a gate because sometimes you need to let the good, you know, good in as well as the good out. Uh, but, you know, we're protecting ourselves from evil, from anything that would keep us from achieving our purpose. Healthy boundaries are essential to healthy living. They're about focusing on what you can control and letting go of what you cannot control. Boundaries are about saying no more often to the relationships and opportunities that do not align with your purpose. You open up the space that for, for doing the things that you love to do, the things that you're called to do, when you say no to the things that you're not called to do. Drawing boundaries are about being fiercely protective of your valuable time staying focused on your own goals before you allow others to distract you. Boundaries are about taking care of you first, not allowing yourself to become depleted from always putting the needs of others before you. And boundaries are about being committed to your purpose and honoring God by using what he has given you, not allowing your inner critic to diminish your light. 
So let's go to worksheet number two right now and I'm going to share with you today three types of boundaries. And again, so much of what I am talking about today is from the book Boundaries and it was written by uh, Dr. John Townsend and Dr. Henry Cloud. They have a book Boundaries with Teens, Boundaries with Children, uh, so many different, I mean, bestsellers because we have such a hard time drawing boundaries in our lives, protecting ourselves. So this is a synopsis today of much of what I've learned from them just, you know, in, in learning how to say no. Women struggle with this, and I, th I think it's just uh, something once you learn how to do it, it becomes so much easier. So we're going to go through some exercises to help you become more um, focused on saying no. The first type of boundary is relationships. Think about the people in your life who drain the energy right out of you. We all know a Debbie Downer, a Needy Nellie, a Manipulative Mary, and a Drama Queen. They just exude negativity and they want the focus to always be on them and their problems. They rarely show any interest in how life is for us and they can suck the life right out of a room just by walking in it. When you see this um, energy drainer, when you see her name on your caller ID, you cringe. You go, oh no, I don't want to talk to her. Or when you know that she's been invited to the same social gathering, it almost makes you not want to attend. You try to avoid her at all costs because you know that she will drain you even in the shortest interaction. You tolerate her in social settings, but you try not to interact with her very much because you know that she's, she'll just suffocate you with everything that's going on in her life. Another area that we need to draw boundaries is in our relationships with our families. I cannot tell you how many women I work with and talk to who are still being impacted by their mothers, uh, you know, even if, when they're, after their mothers have gone, uh, have passed away. It's, we, we hear those voices in our heads, and she's always with us, if, especially if you had a mother who was never quite happy enough with, with you. We are always trying to please our mothers, and we can't seem to get them out of our heads. And some of us didn't have a mother relationship. So that's a, a, a tough one as well because we, we are still hurting from that, from lack of that. So we're trying to be a people pleaser because we didn't have a mother relationship and we're trying to please other people constantly to get that affirmation that we would have had from our mothers. We, um, you know, we have siblings who always need to be rescued, people who are always calling us in crisis. Um, you know, we have children that we can't let go of. There are so many women who wrap their lives so much up in their children's lives when they're raising them. And when their children go off to college, they cannot let go. It's something that they cannot acknowledge that their children are adults and it's time to move on. So those are, um, you know, just very tough. It's very tough to draw, especially uh, with our family, these boundaries. You know, we have in our, within our families, we have differences in our values. We have different spiritual beliefs and political views. And sometimes family dinners, family gatherings can be stressful, can't they? And so you hide, you try to do something, you know, to stay out of the conversations. 
you say they're my family I can't draw that boundary yes you can you really need to you know and and as as we're you know raising our children we need to teach them boundaries uh, you know if we haven't done a very good job of it with ourselves it's harder to teach with them we have to teach them respect and limits um, and protection and know that once they grow up and leave the house our role is over in that responsibility so are you seeing some some people uh, in your life already that you need to draw a boundary with be sure and jot those you know specific names if you want to over there in the right column of your chart another boundary is with our spouse uh, sometimes we don't have effective communication with our spouse and we need to set you know specific boundaries of what expectations are uh, sometimes we have expectations and we don't say it and how can they know what we expect if we don't communicate that and then we get mad because they don't do something but they didn't know about it in the first place and so we cannot just assume that people know things um, unfortunately sometimes there's physical and emotional abuse and we have to draw boundaries there and oftentimes it's a hard boundary and we have to leave the relationships it's uh, you know when we get into when we with our spouse if we don't have separate lives if everything we do has to be with one another that's not healthy we need to have separate hobbies and interests uh, so we can develop relationships and friendships apart from our spouses way too often uh, people put the needs of their children above their spouse and that is um, you know not biblical we're supposed to put our faith first our husband second and our children below that and when those things get flip-flopped that can really cause some problems we cannot change other people but we can change ourselves when someone does not support your purpose your values or, or your beliefs and they are a drain on your energy it is so important to draw those boundaries to protect yourself from the negative effects of that relationship and it is it is absolutely imperative to do that you are I've heard it said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with so if you're spending time with someone who's always negative and assuming the worst then that is going to rub off on you and you're going to assume some of those attitudes and then you're just going to be brought down yourself again that's a way of diminishing your own light one example of um, not too extreme uh, I had a client whose mother called her every day at work sometimes more than once a day just to see how things were going she just wanted to see you know how, how's it going today she knew that her mother was lonesome uh, but it really distracted her as she was doing her work because it would take her focus off if she was right in the middle of something or she was in a meeting and she always felt obligated because it was her mother she said I cannot say no to her because she is my mother and I know she just wants to talk to me and spend time with me so we worked through the scenario and she was able to tell her mother you know mom when you call me during work I cannot give my full attention to you I've, I'm distracted there's so many things going on and I really want to be able to focus on you so how about this how about I call you in the afternoon when I'm headed home and we can have a conversation when I can fully give my full attention to you rather than you know trying to rush things through because I've got other other things pulling at me so she was able to reframe that to benefit her mother to make her mother feel good she didn't cut her off she just 
you know, came, uh, designed a way around the issue. Um, so that was just one way to draw a boundary that made everyone's lives better. Um, I had another client who had a friend who was really dragging her down. She so wanted to have a, a wonderful relationship. They'd known each other for years, but it had gotten to where this friend only called her when she had a problem. When she was, in, you know, something had uh, something big was going on, or she was, she was sick, or some there was just something that uh, she needed help with. And my friend, my client, didn't even want to answer the phone when she saw this friend calling. She just um, she dreaded it, and she didn't want to lose the relationship, but she dreaded talking to her. So we, you know, worked through this, and she was able to sit down face to face with this friend over coffee and say, you know. We've had a long-standing relationship, and I want to continue this, but when you call me now, I feel like you're only uh, reaching out to me when you're in a crisis, and you are not ever, you know, really sincerely interested in my life, and I would love to have a more mutual friendship now. I would love to have us be like it used to be, where, you know, when you call me, it is for good things as well as for bad things, you know, that are happening, you know, share everything with me, not just the problems that you're having. And her friend hadn't even noticed that. She, you know, and it was really a, a reality check for her, and they were able to set new boundaries uh, so that, you know, when her friend called her, that, you know, she first set a time limit. She said, okay, I, I do have a problem here, and they would say, well, we'll talk about it for five minutes. You know, we'll give it we'll give it respect, but we won't let it consume our whole conversation. And so that was very healthy for both of them, and it, especially for her friend who uh, came to realize that she was putting some unreasonable demands and, you know, really bringing her friend down. So those are areas, again, for you to draw the boundaries in your um, in your life with the relationships, your friends, your colleagues, uh, people that, gosh, you know, people where you're, um, you know, in your church, in your community, your family, your husband, and, you know, just everybody around you, all these people that you can identify in your life that you know that are not healthy. They just, it's not a healthy relationship. The second area, the second boundary is at work. And this can be in your career, it can be on a board you serve on or on a committee. So any professional relationship that you have where you are, um, you know, doing work, whether it is in your career or in another area. There are several ways that we do this and women are the worst about taking on responsibilities of other people. We say, well, you know, I'll, it's easier for me just to do it myself, so I'll just do it. Or it's easier for me to do it rather than to to take the time to delegate it and generally that will mushroom into something else and take time away from our important work. Sometimes we want to, to do more uh, to, to make ourselves look good, you know, to try to, to prove our importance. But what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to be taken advantage of and we're training others to expect our eager help as we overburden ourselves, and we, we are resentful of them always doing that, but we've actually trained them to do that to us. And so it's drawing the line and knowing what is your work, what is your responsibility, and what is not your responsibility. Another area in our age of technology that we have trained people is our automatic response to email. 
we have trained people to, to believe that we are a rapid responder. And, uh, you know, we're going to reply very quickly, and that distracts us from completing what we're supposed to be working on. If someone sends you an email and, you know, this has happened, and I hear from several people, uh, you know, someone will send me an email and then, you know, half an hour later they'll send me a, a, a text message or they'll call me up and ask me, did I get their email? Yes, I got your email and I will respond to you by the end of the day or I'll respond to you within 24 hours. Um, I've known one person who had a, an autoresponder on her email and said, thank you for your email. I'll get back with you within 48 hours. If it is um, an urgent matter, then, you know, you may contact this person and then you can designate, if you have an assistant or someone else, designate someone else to take that responsibility for you. We, uh, we work too much overtime, don't we? We put our career before our faith and our family. And because of that, we end up exhausted and resentful. So we need to practice better time management. What is taking you away from focusing during the day? If you really focus and do not allow social media and email and people to distract you, then it is amazing how much work you can get done um, just by staying, you know, staying really, really focused and, you know, perhaps setting a timer and saying, okay, I'm going to work nonstop, no distractions for an hour, and just see how much you can get done. It's, it's amazing how much you can get done that way. Taking work home, you know, if you work in the evenings, I did this my first year. I worked every evening, and it took me really more than the first year to get away from that. We need to be present with those who are at home in the evenings. We need to be present in the relationships that we have. We need to, with our children, with our husbands, uh, when we go out in the evenings, you know, don't, don't, um, uh, you know, say, well, I can't go out because I have work to do. I can't go to, to this event because I have to do my work. The work will be there the next day, and in rare circumstances do you need to work in the evenings. Perfectionism is another area that we need to draw boundaries. We've had a good discussion and homework on perfectionism and how it can drive you to um, get so behind in your work because you never think it's good enough. Remember, good is good enough. Remember that. Uh, you know, strive for excellence, not perfect. Disliking your job is another boundary that, uh, you know, might be uh, important for you. Is your current career in alignment with your purpose, with your gifts, and with your core values? Do you think that it is supporting what God wants you to do? Or are you in a job because you think, you know, other people thought you would be good at it? Do you really want to be there, or is it something other people thought was great for you? This happens especially with college students when they have been, um, you know, going through their, their college experience, getting a degree in something that perhaps their parents thought was a good idea or an advisor without truly digging into what really they wanted to do. And way too often they get a degree and don't even like what they got a degree in. Or they get a, you know, they, they get a job that is in alignment with that career, uh, with that degree, and they're miserable. So giving this information to young adults, the younger the better, they need to know this. They need to know that they can make choices because in the long run, it will save them much time and much stress and, and you know, from having to start over. So disliking your job, and if you are not happy in your job right now, it's, it's 
it's time to draw a boundary and say, I do not have to stay here. I can create something for myself because I know I can. Now I know what my gifts are. I know what my strengths are, and I know what God is calling me to do. Um, one of my clients said that uh, she had a manager who sent, um, every day she would send her a task and mark it priority. And generally it would be more than one. She would mark everything priority. And she said, this, this has got to stop. And so she went in and talked to her manager and said, you know, today you sent me three, three emails with tasks that were all marked priority. And the manager said, yes, they are priority. And she said, it is, my client said, it is physically impossible for me to do all these things at once. I cannot give these things to you all at one time. So I need to know from you which is truly the highest priority and you know rank these in order of priority and so she was able to help her manager see that she the manager was putting unreasonable demands on everyone else by marking everything priority because that would stress the employees out thinking that they had to do everything right then whereas perhaps some of those things could have waited a day or two that they weren't that high a priority so it was healthy for everyone to see those boundaries to say okay Let's talk about what's really and truly the priorities here. So how do you need to draw boundaries in your work on the committees that you're serving on or on the boards? Um, you know, do you need to step away from committees and boards? Do you need, are they draining too much of your time away from your career? Or do you need to, um, you know, learn how to, um, you know, leave the work behind in the evening, quit working so much overtime, start, you know, think about those things right now. The third type of boundary is with yourself. Boy, that's a tough one. Um, when we act authentically and we do what others say instead of what we know is best, then we need to learn how to say no. We need to draw the boundary. When we don't practice a healthy lifestyle, we overeat, we indulge in unhealthy habits, uh, eating disorders, using food for comfort or punishment, addictions that we have. The, um, and addictions can be, you know, is shopping addiction, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. It can be, uh, there are a lot of things that the uh, addiction, addictive behavior. Money, uh, impulsive spending, overspending, not having a budget, having way too high debt. You know, where, where does that need to, where do you learn to say no in that? And time, again, lack of effective time management. Your calendar is too full. You have too many appointments and meetings. Sometimes we think that by being busy that we seem important and successful, whereas really being too busy distracts us from being successful. If we're being busy with um, meetings that could be taken care of with a phone call, then that's the way it needs to be done. So how do you need to better manage your time? Gossip um, is another thing that we get sucked into in conversations, especially with groups of women. Draw a boundary and say, no, I'm not going to get uh, you know, pulled into that. That is a, a sin in itself. And all these things are when we're not taking care of ourself and protecting ourselves from the evil from the outside. We must, must learn self-control. We must be um, honoring of who we are physically and emotionally and mentally. 
Uh, Titus 1 verses 7 through 9 says, For the leader must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. So there it is, right there, it says that we are not to be self-willed, and we're not supposed to be quick to anger, not to have addictions, not to be greedy, you know, to have good thoughts, to be, um, to hold fast to what is good and sensible and just. So those are the boundaries with ourselves. Let's pull out now worksheet number three and just do something very quick. Uh, we'll have a quick thought on this, and then... Um, we will dive a little deeper into it in your homework this week. Worksheet number three, unleash the power of saying no. So I have gone through these boundaries with relationships, work, and self. So let's now answer these questions uh, quickly just to, as, as these are fresh in your mind. What are you loving, what are you doing now that you love to do? What are you doing that, if given the chance, you wouldn't even begin in the first place? Take a hard look at the things that are really important to you and make those pri your priorities. So on the first question, list at least five activities or people that bring joy to your life. What do you love to do? What people do you love being around? That They just inspire you so much and you just so look forward to being with them. So that is the first question. And the second is the things that you don't want to do anymore, the things that you believe God has not created you to do. What are you doing that derange your energy, the things that you're doing out of obligation, that if you had the choice again, you would say no instead of yes. Um, who do you spend time with? Those negative people, the negative Nellie and the manipulative Mary. List five, list five activities or people that uh, you would like to say no to beginning today. If you could come up with two or three, that's fine. And then at the bottom, it lists at least three activities or people that you will begin saying no to this week. So from this list, you know, while this is fresh on your mind from our discussion here, um, you know, start making a list of these things and, uh, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll focus on those a little bit deeper in the homework.
so I hope that wasn't too hard. Uh, it, it should be easy for sure to list the good things and uh, hopefully you're becoming really clear on the things you need to say no to. During this discussion you may be thinking that creating boundaries and saying no is a bad thing. Let's talk about some of the, the common myths that people tend to believe about drawing boundaries. We tend to think that if we say no we're being selfish that we think we have to take everyone else's care above ours, that um, you know, we have to take, make sure that they're healthy and happy and well cared for, and a lot of times that's to the detriment of our own health and well-being. We'll talk about this more next week in our final session on uh, self-care, but you must nourish your own mind, body, and spirit before you can care for others. You can't give away what you don't have. So make sure you do not allow the energy drainers to deplete your energy and joy. You are protecting God's beautiful creation by setting boundaries. God has poured these gifts into you. He has poured this goodness into you. So it is your responsibility to take care of it. It is not being selfish. It is being generous for you to say no. Generous to yourself and to others. Because if you're grumpy and tired, you can't serve others anyway, right? You cannot fully serve them. So it is a good thing for you to say no so you can take care of yourself first and then you can take care of others fully. Boundaries, uh, some people think that boundaries are a sign of disobedience. They think, well, you must not be in tune with God or by saying no, you're, you know, you're not uh, sh submitting to what God is, you know, and this People tend to do this a lot in church situations when they're, um, you know, there's a slightly different beliefs in church and they tend to want to criticize you because you're taking one stance on one thing and, and they, they want to uh, say, well, you're wrong and this is, you know, you must not love God. So if you're saying yes to these people out of fear because they, you know, you know that they might criticize you, fear of losing that relationship or fear of being left out of the group, um, don't don't do that. Don't say yes for that. Learn how to say no. God is more concerned with your heart. Uh, an internal no nullifies an external yes from the book boundaries. So when you say yes with your mouth, but you feel no with your heart, it's like lying. It's like saying a lie. We, um, you know, we get tangled up in something we really don't want to do, and that leads to resentment. So make your mouth and your heart coordinate with one another. 2 Corinthians 9 7 says each of you must give as you've made up your mind not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. There it is right there it's biblical God does not want you to obey out of fear or obligation. He wants you to uh, say yes from a cheerful heart from a cheerful stance. You think, uh, you know, a lot of people think that setting boundaries hurts other people. But it really allows other people to continue to take advantage of you. They are giving you their, their uh, work and it's not doing them any good because it's not helping them take responsibility for what they need to be doing. If you have people that are always shirking their responsibilities and piling it over on you, say no, I don't, I cannot do that right now and it you know, they need to learn how to do those things themselves. It simply directs them to be more responsible and maybe they'll ask someone else for help who's not so overworked. And a lot of people feel guilty about setting boundaries. 
when we act out of obligation we're acting as if we owe someone something and it shows that we are more committed to their needs than to ours doing something out of obligation again is the wrong motive it's not the cheerful heart is acting out of um, you know under compulsion we need to act out of gratitude and service when you can't you know when you don't want to do something just say no if someone lays a guilt trip on you about it it's about them it's not about you do not allow people to lay a guilt trip on you be committed to your own purpose your own priorities your own goals what you know that you're supposed to be doing Proverbs 4:23 says to watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the spring of life wow so don't let your heart be darkened by negative relationships and uh, negative circumstances by yourself let your heart be full and cheerful and know that boundaries you know boundaries are important to protect that heart so important so how do you say no? Use your life purpose as a filter for setting these boundaries. If it doesn't align with your purpose and what you know that God has called you to do, then just say no. I say no is a complete sentence. Or you can just say no, that doesn't work for me right now. That's all you have to say. You do not owe someone a long explanation. Because a lot of times our long explanations get us into not telling the whole truth, right? Because we don't want to hurt them or to seem like we're selfish. You know, there comes those myths into play. So just say no. How about no, I'm focused on my own goals now and don't have any free time. Or no, but I know someone else who would be great at that. So if you have a recommendation, that's always helpful too. Remember, you have choices, not obligations. You can say no with freedom and with confidence. Choose the relationships and the activities that give you energy and support your goals. And focus on the things that are truly important. Don't feel guilty about being protective of yourself, of having that boundary around your life, of having that fence. Show reverence to God by loving and protecting yourself honor yourself and honor God in the process so again if you want to dig a lot deeper into this I highly recommend the book boundaries and uh, you know further they've got a whole series of boundaries books so this is really important work especially for women because we do not do that very well your homework for this week is to dive really deep into boundaries again to um, spend some time really looking at where you need to do a better job at this and it sometimes is helpful at the end of the day to reflect on what happened during that day and think about areas where you might have done better. Think about a, um, an instance maybe where you were uncomfortable or someone didn't build you up or make you feel good about yourself. Uh, did you go to a meeting, a networking group that didn't edify you, that you felt you felt out of place? Don't don't feel like it's a bad thing to leave that group and find another one. It's, there's so many things to choose from today, so many places for us to be part of. Choose the places and the people who support you, who help you grow, who love you, and, and cheer you on along the way. We all need people who, you know, who will be our cheerleaders. The first homework exercise is called Boundaries in Your Relationships. 
there is a wonderful book called How Full Is Your Bucket? And it challenges us to think about who are the bucket fillers in our life and the bucket dippers. So think of your life and all your energy and happiness in, in a bucket. Who dips from that bucket constantly and rarely ever fills it? Who are the bucket dippers in your life? Who fills your bucket? Who are the people who, who encourage you, who tell you you're doing a good job? Who are those people who say thank you for helping me? You know, don't just drain you, but who they actually, you know, um, are so grateful for what you're doing for them. And then there's some people who keep you level that they don't, you know, neither one or the other. They just, they're, they're nice acquaintances. You can call them your treasured acquaintances. Um, and all these people can be your treasured acquaintances, but you don't have to interact with them all the time. So I've given you the details there on how to fill up this, uh, to fill in this exercise on who fills my bucket and identify your bucket dippers and um, make a commitment to yourself to uh, let go of those people, to start setting firm boundaries. And then the, there, the second homework is boundaries in my career. And you can evaluate this in terms of a career or a committee or a board position that you're on, a place that you volunteer. Um, this can go, this is, is used in uh, across several different areas, not just your work. So where do you need to draw boundaries? And I've given you a few examples and here on this homework, and you've also heard me talk about them during this discussion. Where is your boundary blurred? And how will you draw the line and say no? Is it overtime? Is it allowing people to take advantage of you at work? Is it email? Is it being distracted? Time management? Where are the things that uh, you need? What are the things that you need to draw boundaries with in your career and in those professional relationships? And finally, boundaries with myself. Where do you need to draw boundaries with yourself? Your physical health, your eating habits, finances, again, time management, clutter. Clutter is a big one. Um, you know, we, we allow clutter to take over and we just have stuff, too much stuff in our lives. Uh, ab addictive behavior and not enough time dedicated to rest and fun. And again, we're going to really dive deep into that next week. So what attitudes are, allowing, uh, are you allowing to negatively affect your life and what habits do you need to change? So identify the blurred boundaries and know how you're going to draw the line now, a firm line, and say no. You know, how are you going to change your physical health, your attitudes, your habits to honor God as you're honoring yourself? This has been, um, you know, I, I, one of the biggest challenges saying no for women, all women have this. And as we learn to become more confident in who we are and what is best for us and not being fearful of, you know, being selfish and, and have, you know, a lot of guilt about saying no, then we truly do protect ourselves. And it shows. It shows on the outside. It shows on the inside. And it has a ripple effect. Because when you say no to one thing, you're opening up space for the things you really want to say yes to. It's, it's um, you know, you have this free time. If you're constantly saying yes to things you don't want to do and your life is so full of that, then there's no space in your life when something comes along that you really want to do. And again, it's, it's like giving a gift to someone who wants to do that. If you take on a committee position because you feel obligated, 
there's likely someone who wants to do that job, who really would love to take on that role, but you're denying her of that because you're acting out of obligation or fear or guilt. So think of it as a gift to that person for um, whatever you're saying no to, someone else really wants to say yes. So there are a lot of different ways to look at this, but I just encourage you over the coming week to really dig deep and notice during every day where you need to say no more often and where you need to open up the space in your life for all these wonderful things that support your purpose and, and your, you know, let your brilliance shine. Don't cloud it with uh, places that your boundaries are blurred. Your brilliance is meant to shine and part of that is learning how to say no. I am grateful that we've had this time together again and as always, please let me know if you have questions about any of this. I want you to be successful. I want you to learn every day something new about yourself to be aware to have the support that you need but to to be growing along the way and to know that God loves you just as you are you are brilliant and you are blessed and it is time for you to shine talk to you soon bye bye